0: I had to do the same thing this week, Allison. Don't feel bad. There was 500,000 people calling me old because my name is politics girl. And they just think that the misogyny couldn't take it. She's not a girl. She's a granny. And I thought, oh, Lord, let's pull it together here, boys. And welcome to the Politics Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Lee McGowan. Let's get into it. Today's pod is a candid conversation with Dr. Allison Gill, the founder and CEO of MSW Media, a podcast network focused on news, politics, and justice. Allison, or AG as she's affectionately known, is a military veteran who worked at the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, but lost her job when she was targeted for being the confidential contributor and host of the Mueller She Wrote podcast, which the Trump administration, for obvious reasons, did not like. Allison went on to create The Daily Beans, a political and social justice podcast that gives the news, with swearing, five days a week. She's the host of the weekly podcast Clean Up on Aisle 45 where she and Andrew Torres report on the Justice Department and the intelligence agencies as they rebuild after the damage caused by the Trump administration, and is now the co-host of the new podcast, Jack, with American attorney and former deputy director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe, which documents the actions of the new special counsel, Jack Smith, and his ongoing DOJ investigations into Trump and his seemingly never-ending list of crimes. I'm having Alison on today because she's brilliant and passionate, and she will arm our brains with useful knowledge as we go into the holidays and possibly come across a bunch of people whose brains are filled with less useful propaganda and misinformation. So without further ado, please welcome my guest, military veteran, podcaster, and passionate warrior for justice, Dr. Alison Gill. Welcome, A.G. Hey,
1: how are you? It's so good to see your face. I haven't seen you like in person in so long. So it's really I know, in it
0: months. It's really great. I'm so excited you're here. Um, I, You know, you're just so smart and you're so devoted to the country, not just as a veteran and a civil servant, but as a patriot who, like me, started your first project in your kitchen because you couldn't just do nothing anymore while it was all going on. So tell me about that first project and how it all got started.
1: Yeah, sure. It's almost it's been like almost exactly five years. It was yeah. it was November of twenty seventeen. And uh, I was watching MSNBC and they had this documentary on about Watergate called All the President's Men Revisited. It came out in like 2013 or something, and it they were rerunning it and it had all the familiar talking heads like Matto and Lawrence. And and so I'm watching that and I'm thinking, you know, I think they're showing it to show parallels between the Mueller investigation and what happened in Watergate. And uh, I thought to myself, you know, I bet in twenty years there's going to be documentaries on the Mueller investigation. I want in on that action. This is very historically important. I think somebody needs to be documenting this. And uh, so I said, why not me? And so I started a podcast about it uh, in my kitchen, like with some cheap mics. Uh, <laughs> so that's you know, like like how that's we're soul sisters and that we're kitchen sisters. And um, eventually, uh, you know, I worked for the federal government. Eventually, the Donald Trump administration found out what I was doing. I was creating this huge counter narrative with millions of listeners to what he was trying to spin. Uh, And so they found me and found my podcast and then removed me from my job. I, I was this whole counter narrative to what the Trump administration was trying to push. And it was getting out to like millions of people, millions of downloads. And uh, they didn't like that, so they found out, they investigated me, the Trump administration, they investigated my podcast, and eventually removed me from my job at the federal government. Um, But because he's not the smartest, he's not the brightest crayon in the sea, as my friend would say, (laughs) um, he didn't realize that by firing me, it freed me up from the Hatch Act. And so we all got together online and we raised about half a million dollars to fire him and that's what we did in 2020 and it took a lot of work um and a lot of persistence uh, but but it happened and i'm i'm forever thankful to everyone folks like you people in the trenches trying to get this done because that was the goal wasn't it was to restore yeah. our democracy to something more reasonable and now we have this incredible president biden who's just done a million gazillion things in the first 2 years of his administration
0: i know and he gets like so little credit for it it's just so interesting you know but it's 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 funny that I mean, we all know that the, what the Republicans do is like this constant projection of what they're doing onto other people. So, this idea that like they're seeking you out and basically having spies looking into you and then getting you fired I mean, that's a witch hunt, babe. <laughs> like, that's crazy. You were, you know, you were doing it kind of serendipitously anyway. You weren't doing it on business time. You weren't doing it on corporate time. You weren't saying, here I am as a government worker doing this. You were doing this um, exactly the way it was supposed to have been done. And yet they kind of came after you because that's, the kind of petty guy he is. But it's that same patriotism, right? That fascination with politics that got you into your new project, which focuses on yet another investigation into Donald Trump uh, that's now being headed up by special counsel Jack Smith called Jack. You want to tell us about that project?
1: Yeah. and And I want to talk a little bit more about reclaiming patriotism from the right because they don't have Uh, you know, a a stranglehold on that term at all. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, if you had told me five years ago that there would be a second special counsel investigation into Donald (laughs) Trump and that I would be doing another podcast, but I would be hosting it with Andrew McCabe, I would have never believed you Um, that we're at a point now where I'm friends with about half of the people on Mueller's team. Uh, We talk on the regular and we have these incredible experts come in. We had hugo lowell who's the investigative politics reporter for the guardian all things trump and department of justice he's also a congressional reporter uh, we're going to have andrew weissman uh, former head of team manafort on the Mueller investigation come in we'll have peter Strzok come in who was an fbi analyst um so yeah it's it's a, once again i find myself in a position where i have the ability to bring all of that news and cover it in a way that keeps people engaged which I know is like your core mission uh, for, for what you do to keep people engaged and informed about what's going on in these special counsel investigations. And so that they can, you know, take it forth with them and be armed with knowledge and information, because first of all, it helps you when you have conversations, but second of all, it, it is, knowledge is the enemy of anxiety for me. And so I I really want to kind of arm people with, with that sort of, just that ability to understand everything that's going on in simple terms, breaking down the legalese so that, uh, you know, everyday people can understand it with the help of these incredible experts like Andy McCabe.
0: Yeah, I think it's also kind of bananas. I think we have forgotten because we have been so inundated with just you know, crisis after crisis after scandal after crisis, that you forget that none of this is normal. You know, the fact that you're doing your second full podcast on a special counsel investigation into a president, you go like, have we lost our collective minds here? Like, it is bananas what's happening. And I was I was reading something that somebody smarter than me said, and they said that we should stop calling these things scandals. You know, scandals are like so-and-so had an affair with so-and-so's wife, right? Like these are crimes. These are crimes that were committed, financial crimes, constitutional crimes. We should be calling them for what they are and treating them with the appropriate severity, right? And you're out here breaking things down for people, which as you know, is where I live. I love that, to make things accessible to people so they don't have to check out. So they know when someone says something wrong at their dining room table, they can be like, actually, you might want to look into that because that's the misinformation you've got there. But it just feels like beyond scandal, right, that we're at this point now, second special counsel investigation, but also like the GOP 2024 frontrunner just had dinner with two Nazis, right, and continues to support insurrectionists and so distrust in our election system. It is more than a scandal that Trump's company was just found guilty of like 17 counts of fraud and that he recently declared that he wants to terminate the Constitution. And his entire party is kind of quiet about it with him being the front runner for president in 2024 for the Republican Party. This is kind of big deal stuff. And I think we need to start acting like it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and to 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 make it like you know there was a there was an investigation called operation midterm exam and that was when they were looking into Hillary Clinton and whether or not she had any classified information on her computer her server um they found that she had no, nothing in there that had classification markings but upon review i think they found three emails that could rise to a level of being classified and they said that that was reckless behavior. And they broke their own protocol by coming out 11 days before an election to announce that they wanted to check some duplicate emails on Anthony Weiner's laptop. And and she was cleared of all wrongdoing. Um, and, and rightfully so. But now we've got 18 U.S. Code 371, 2071, 1519, 1512C2, 793. His truth social is under criminal investigation. His PAC is under criminal investigation. His organization is now under criminal investigation at the Manhattan DA's office. He's under investigation for the attack on the Capitol, for seditious conspiracy, possibly, for the <sighs> stolen classified documents. But her emails, it's, it's just the amount of it, it's treasonous. Um, now I know there's legal definitions of treason, yeah, um, which you know, we don't I, have
0: unless we're at war with the thing. So the seditious conspiracy is the closest we can get to it. Yeah, yeah
1: it, that's what it feels like. Like how, I like I think we need to read. Is there a the better re-
0: word for it? Yeah, is there a better word for it than treason? I don't think so. Yeah, we might need to redefine that. Yeah,
1: obstructing an official proceeding sounds so banal, <laughs> you know. But it's it's he's a traitor to the United States of America, as are his followers, and and to say it's a scandal. Like, it feels pearl-clutchy to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm with you on that
0: 100%. I mean, the public search of Mar-a-Lago and the retrieval of these stolen documents, that happened right after the January 6th committee had laid out their case against him for leading a failed coup and an insurrection. But this documents case, I don't know... Just like the election tampering case in Georgia, it's always seemed simpler and more straightforward to prove than, say, Trump's responsibility in the insurrection or his attempt to stay in power against the will of the voters, which is, while true, it comes down to what can be proved without a beyond a shadow of a doubt in the court of law. Because the last thing we need is Trump walking around and saying, see, it was a witch hunt. I'm cleared on all cards. You know, you, if we take him to court, we're, we have to be damn sure and ready we're going to win. Right. And so but this idea of like you took this. We see it. Where is the rest of it? And what did you do with it? That feels far more cut and dry.
1: Yeah, it is. And I asked Andrew McCabe about this on the last episode of Jack because it seemed like the most open and shut, almost fully baked investigation of all of them. I mean, Fannie Willis is pretty far along. In Georgia. Uh, her- yeah investigation in Georgia, but that's not federal and federal, you know, department of justice, criminal investigations, the documents case I think is probably the most cut and dry. And even if there's, you can't prove espionage or if he declassified the documents or
0: what he declassified them in his mind, like mega mind. It was like (laughs) declassified. Yeah.
1: Even, even with all of that, the fact remains that they subpoenaed documents, they handed some over They didn't hand them all over. They had evidence that they didn't hand them all over. They went in and searched and found fruits of that crime. That is right there, plain and simple, obstruction of justice. Simple, straightforward. It it, it could have been uh, some pajamas. You lied to the government. We subpoenaed you for them. You lied to the government, and then we found them. So that right there. Open and shut in my in my eyes, and that's and and Andrew sees it that way too. Andrew said, "I don't see how he can't be indicted for that at this point."
0: Well, and also they're finding more st- stolen documents like every day, right? They just found more stashed in some storage unit in Florida, right? It, it feels to me like the DOJ at this point know what they're looking for. You know what I mean? Like it gives me the sense that they're like, wait, you know, we have. X, Y, and Z, but where the heck is A and B? You know, And they're saying, do you have, have you given us everything? And they're like, yep, we've given you everything. They're like, mm, we're still missing these two things. We're just going to poke around here a little because they're still finding stuff, right? And if they know that they have them, or if they know that they're missing, it's kind of like, how did they get there and what comes next?
1: Yeah. And, and there was a contempt hearing today. Apparently they're not going to hold the Trump uh, office of Trump in contempt. I think that the Judge Beryl Howell said, "You guys need to s- sort this out yourselves. Get a search warrant. You know, ask or get off the pot, basically, <laughs> if you, because they had the DOJ had insisted that Donald have more documents, and and the DOJ generally doesn't insist unless they have evidence. So now I'm waiting to see if the other shoe is going to drop and we get a search warrant on a different property, or how the DOJ is going to resolve this matter, knowing that there are still documents out there seemingly having proof of it and Trump still saying, because basically Donald was saying, we handed it all over and the DOJ goes, great, sign a letter. No. (laughs) So,
0: you know. Mm, Yeah. So then you wonder, like, should they be searching Bedminster? Should they be searching Trump Tower? Should they be searching? And you said, and I absolutely agree with you, even though we both sound like crazy people. Should they be searching you know, Ivana's coffin on the golf course, you know, like it's humiliating to say that. And I feel like a complete tinfoil hat wearing creep to say it. But when I read that you were like, yeah, should we be searching searching that coffin? It does seem a bit weird. Like, I don't think it was just the taxes he needed to turn his golf course into a cemetery that uh, made that coffin so heavy. But I know I sound crazy saying it, but should they be searching all places? Question mark?
1: It 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 does sound crazy but you know what would resolve it if you just took a peek. Then then we would know.
0: <laughs> we would know. So much. Sure. And then Who I could be are like, "We oh, America?"
1: Okay. All right, I was crazy. Uh, I've been wrong before. It's totally fine. But yeah, it's 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 bizarre. Um we are in bizarre world that there there is not one single lawyer on Trump's team that is willing to sign an attestation that everything has been handed over because they don't know. They don't know. And they can't trust that if Trump says it's true, that it's true. And the fact that the DOJ knows that there's other documents out there, where are they? Did he shred them? Did he destroy them? Did he put them in a fireplace? Did he bury them somewhere? Did he give it to somebody? You know, like they're missing or he has them or right. he gave them away. Right. It's it's as simple as that. I mean, he's, he's pretty open and shut case in, in my eyes. But if DOJ has proof, I think they probably have proof that there are documents still missing that he has, but maybe they don't have enough proof to go in and get a search warrant. Uh, Maybe they don't have probable cause like they did at Mar-a-Lago, where the valet has on video moving boxes and then told him Trump told him to. Uh, You know, That's definitive proof. That can get you a search warrant, but maybe they don't have enough to grab that search warrant in other properties. And that's good. Lee, we don't want the FBI to be able to come into our homes and search it without probable cause. So I just right. want everybody to be, you know, just because he is needs to go to jail doesn't mean we need to trample over our constitutional rights as criminal defendants.
0: Yeah, we always say that here. Like, if you want to live under a country in the rule of law, you have to follow the rule of law, even though you're like, this guy's clearly guilty. You're like, yep, still need to follow it step by step if that's how we want to live. And that's how I want to live. And I know you do too. How could I go into the holiday season without talking about my beloved Athletic Greens? Whether you've listened to this podcast before or this is your first time, I want you to understand what a fantastic product Athletic Greens is. The holidays are a busy season. So if you or someone you love wants better gut health, more energy to sleep better at night or a better, happier functioning immune system, but you don't want to put together an entire list of supplements that will actually work, then this is the product for you. With one scoop of athletic greens and water on an empty stomach, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start the day off right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, so basically all the things. Athletic Greens was originally created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover that was costing him about $100 a day. Athletic Greens, on the other hand, costs less than $3 a day and includes all the nutritional insurance you need. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits, and I can't recommend it enough. Now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com politicsgirl. Again, that's athleticgreens.com politicsgirl to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate in daily nutritional insurance. Trust me, the happiest of holidays are healthy ones. Now my next sponsor, Nutrafol, is someone I was really looking forward to working with because I know that hair growth and thickness are a major problem for a lot of people. It's something that makes people feel uncomfortable, less secure, and generally unhappy. I was lucky to be blessed with more than my fair share of hair, but my mom was a totally different story. She was always self-conscious about her thinning hair, and I wish I'd known about this product back then so I could have given it to her. Do you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? And if you're one of them, know you're not alone. It's more than common, it's normal. It's just not something people openly talk about, so I'm talking about it. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. Nutrafol has been designed in three unique formulas to support women throughout all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula is physician-formulated using natural, drug-free, medical-grade ingredients so you get the most reliable results. In fact, in a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. So you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code politics girl to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is the best offer anywhere. And it's only available to us customers for a limited time. Nutrafol also offers free shipping on every order. That's $15 off at Nutrafol.com spelled N U T R A F O L.com promo code politics girl. Now, completely changing directions from our ex-president, we were going to talk about Raphael Warnock and how we beat Herschel Walker in the Senate runoff in Georgia. And we both know the Democrats, or more specifically pro-Democratic forces, really needed this win. I mean, the map for 2024 is a tough one for Democrats, and you can get so much more done with an actual Senate majority rather than just a majority in name only. And that's what we were going to talk about. But now, I have to talk to you about flipping Kristen Cinema and how she's decided to leave the Democratic Party and be an independent, which kind of takes us back to 50-50 again. She is saying she's going to caucus with the Democrats. And I imagine she's making the calculation that, A, if you have to choose between one of the two senators that could go either way, choose me, is what she's saying. If you're going to pay one of us off, choose me. I'm independent. And secondly, I think she's making a calculated decision on her primary, that if If she knows she's going to be primaried in Arizona and she will not win the primary, best that she put herself in a position where she's the independent and then the Democrats are either scared to run against her because the Republican might win or the Republicans might all rally around her. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. She's trying to secure her 2024 seat um, by running as an independent because, it, you know, now I put out a tweet last night saying, what if I ran against Cinema. I'm from Arizona. I'm a daughter of Arizona. I went to Xavier College Prep. I went to Northern Arizona University. I went to Arizona State. I only left the state to join the military. Um, but then Ruben Gallego yeah. announced that he wants the seat. So I am a hundred percent in support of Ruben Gallego. Uh it is frightening though, because she is technically not a Republican. So I feel like she could siphon votes from a Democrat. And I think that that's her play and that's her ploy. Now, I am very glad she's going to caucus with the Democrats. That keeps us able to have our majorities in the committees. um, And, uh, you know, which is what we really needed. Yeah, that's that was the big, big focus that and not having to have the vice president come in to break ties. But now we still might have to have the vice president come in to break ties. So I
0: know it's such a bummer. And like I said, you know, that map for 2024 really is a very tough one for the Democrats. So I think we need to, you know, you and I are both messengers. We're both out here talking about this every day. I just think we need to make sure that we spend the next two years laying out the stakes So that people truly understand what it is that they're actually deciding between, rather than, well, I've always been a Republican, I could never vote for a Democrat, you know? Well, you've also always been in a democracy, and that could change if you continue to vote for these people, right? I think we need to be really specific about what people are voting for. And I think we've got two straight years to do that. And I don't think that the Senate is unwinnable for Democrats, you know, just because we haven't won, you know, 10 of these seats that have come up, a Democrat hasn't won since 2012. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. I just don't believe that that means it's impossible. It just means we have to get really smart and rebrand really hard, right? I mean, look at the Respect for Marriage Act that was just adopted in the House after passing in the Senate. It's an act that formally grants protections to same-sex and interracial couples into federal law. But only 12 Republican senators voted for it in the Senate and only 39 Republican congresspeople voted for it in the House. So this this is no longer about like tax rates and small government versus big government. It's the difference between how people feel about human rights and how people feel about autonomy and quite frankly, how people feel about freedom. The Republicans always talk about freedom, but it's not free if you can't decide who you want to marry. And that's what they are against. Right. So I think we need to keep hammering that home for the next couple of years. I think we could change hearts and minds. I don't think it's a done deal. What do you think?
1: No, I concur 100 percent. And I'm hoping with all of this circular firing squad in the House of Representatives right now, uh, the Republicans are in disarray. It's not, uh, <laughs> that they can't even get the, they they don't know who their speaker is going to be. It's going to be a very tough road. We were all unanimous. We backed all of our candidates for our elections for for leadership. Bam, bam, bam. Democrats in array. Um, but I am hoping that the antics that come out of the House, they want to impeach Biden. They want to do a whole. Investigation on Hunter Biden's laptop and the Twitter files and all this made up, drummed up stuff. Here's the thing that drives me a little bit batty. Uh, they were embarrassed in the Benghazi results. Embarrassed by the Durham uh, investigation results. Embarrassed. There's a four year old Hunter Biden investigation that has gotten them nothing. They were maybe looking at gun charges and they haven't even dropped those yet. They didn't get anything on the emails. They didn't get anything on uh, any of these. Investigations, you know, that they claim to go through, embarrassed time after time after time, and we on our side, after subpoenas and and all this amazing work by the Justice Department, are still like, it's never going to happen. They keep pulling the Lucy keeps pulling the football out. I'm like, why don't why aren't Republicans like that? Why do we beat ourselves up like that? And Republicans are still a hundred percent for this stuff that's going to go on in the House, these just absolutely ridiculous investigations. And I'm hoping, Lee, that the antics in the House by the Republicans lose them the House in
0: yeah. 2024. Yeah. I mean, I am, I'm hoping the same thing. I think it's going to ultimately irritate people to no end if they hold a whole bunch of mock trials and do nothing for the people the entire time. I understand it's red meat for their base. Um, but I, I think it'll irritate people to no end, especially independents and the people you need to win these elections that say, this is just, this is too much chaos. I mean, you were just talking about it. We're ultimately looking at a divided Congress, right? Starting in 2023 with the Republicans in charge of the House and the Democrats, thanks to cinema, sort of in charge of the Senate, um, But let's go back to what you said about this slim majority that the Republicans have in the House and who you think will be leading them, because I'm actually not entirely sure that Kevin McCarthy has it in the bag, right? Like, even if it is him, with that slim majority, getting 218 of them to agree on anything is going to be incredibly difficult. I've said, like, hurting this particular group of cats is going to be impossible, even for a tremendous leader like someone like Nancy Pelosi. Kevin McCarthy is not that leader. And there's already so many people looking to challenge him, you know. So how do you think that's all going to play out?
1: Well, it's incredible, right? The Dem- the Democratic Party is such a diverse party. We have so many incredible, um, you know, from like just a spectrum of folks from a, a super progressive to more moderate. And Nancy Pelosi had them all. She was an impeccable Speaker of the House. Now, if the Republicans are smart, I can't believe I just said that. Um, they will take the lesson from what the Tea Party did to them because it, it when they were divided like that, um it 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 didn't help. And what's weird is they have a much smaller, you know, spectrum in their party. They don't they are not a very diverse party. and the fact that they can't get everybody on the same page is hilarious to me, yeah. Um, but you know they have this fascist wing of the party that wants to that, like truly fascist wing, and how they're going to rein that in, I have no idea. But I'm I'm I have my popcorn stocked up in my closet, and I am just going to see what happens <laughs> between these folks. I don't think that, that they have a, a definitive. Winner for Speaker of the House. I don't think they can. They're going to be able to agree on anything. There's not going to be any consensus. Even if McCarthy wins, Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to be pulling the strings, uh, and that's frightening. But it's also going to be very bad for the Republicans because it is clear what happened in this past midterm election. The American people are sick of the election denialism the The absolute extreme right winging exercises that are going on. the only trump trumpian candidate that won was j d. Vance. It, it, we sent a clear message, and they aren't picking it up. They're not reading the room.
0: Yeah. No, they're not. I mean, the Freedom Caucus is already talking about challenging McCarthy with someone like Andy Biggs. The Democrats are talking about which Republican they might get behind, you know, like someone who isn't mega, who isn't an extremist, who could potentially they could vote for over Kevin and use the Democratic minority to Push someone over the top. I've heard people float ideas of Liz Cheney being the House Speaker, which makes me kind of cringy. I've heard the rumor that Republican Congressman Fred Upton, who is one of the very few Republican House members who voted to impeach Trump and lived to tell the tale, <laughs> has been talking to the Democrats um, to get their votes to become Speaker. So I think the whole thing is going to be very interesting to watch. And I also, and like, let me ask you this: after doing the Mueller report and doing Jack. You know, I also feel like it's possible that we start to see a lot of these criminal repercussions coming out of the DOJ, you know, in the new year. And there's a number of sitting Republican Congress members who I think might get caught up in that. I mean, is it wishful thinking on my part to think that the Republicans might not even necessarily hold the House for the next two years if they lose a couple of members, you know? jail?
1: It's it's feasible. It's really tough to go after a congressperson Ugh. because of something called the speech or debate clause, which is ridiculous.
0: But Gross. Tell DOJ me about what is that, the public speech and debate clause? What is that?
1: It's a constitutional provision that says if you're doing your business on the on the floor of Congress as a congressperson, you cannot be sued, arrested, part of a criminal investigation, subject to criminal inquiry, subject to congressional inquiry or any other judicial inquiry. Now, the GOJ has made clear in a lot of filings that, for example, Mo Brooks, who spoke on the uh, stage of the ellipse, the day of the Capitol attack, they said, no, we're sorry. Um, First of all, that was campaigning. So we can't represent you. But even if we don't call that campaigning, overthrowing the government cannot be part of your job in the government. (laughs) It can't be considered part of it. So the DOJ has put forward this idea. And I also think that the appointment of special counsel you know when when Merrick Garland made his remarks, we pointed Jack Smith. He said, "You know, well, we have now. Donald Trump has uh, announced that he is running for president. It would be inappropriate for the person who appointed me his opponent in that race to oversee an investigation into him because, oh, ethics. Um, so he's recusing. He's by basically recusing by." appointing a special counsel, but special counsel also could have been appointed because maybe they were running up against having to investigate members of Congress. We know that they confiscated um, Rep. Perry's phone. Perry is the one who met with Meadows and then asked, you know, uh, was trying to introduce him to Jeff Clark, who was one of the architects of the fraudulent elector scheme and who they and wanted to put Meadows in was- as
0: AG because he would he would just declare that there was a you know trouble with the election they wanted to make him AG even though he's an environmental lawyer who's never done anything like that before
1: yeah we'll call you when there's an oil spill is one of the best lines uh, <laughs> <in testimony. laughs> but you know also the Meadows was burning documents in a fireplace after having met with Perry so it might also, the appointment of special counsel might have been to insulate the Department of Justice from uh, politicization in going after some of these members of Congress. And now we know the January 6th committee is possibly going to make criminal referrals for some of these members of Congress, including folks like Jim Jordan. So it's I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out, whether the Justice Department can go after these folks. Trump's no longer president, but There is this speech or debate clause, and I'm very interested to see if and how the DOJ gets around that if they decide to pursue prosecution against current sitting members of Congress.
0: Sure. And that'll be very difficult for the American people to stomach, knowing that if there is something happening, they're protected by this random clause that says we can't go after you. You know, like if you did something Allison Gill, we're coming after you. But if Marjorie Taylor Greene is the person holding the bag with the bomb in it, we can't do anything about it because she's a sitting Congress person. Like, that's going to be very irritating to the people. And I know that the Republicans don't care about hypocrisy and being the party of law and order. But I think that would be very tough on the party itself to have all those. It would.
1: It would. And, and, and bag with a bomb in it is not covered by the speech or debate clause, you know, just to be clear. But if we say, But if we say no one is above the law. And then Congress people are protected by the speech and debate clause. I have to point out that the speech or debate clause is part of the law in that sense. So saying nobody is above the law, that includes that carve out for because we also don't want Congress people to be able to be sued for something that they stand for on the on the in the well of the Senate, for example. Sure. Because the Republicans will do that. They would do that. They would file civil suits against, you know, Nancy anybody,
0: Pelosi,
1: yeah, all day and all night. So, so we don't if-
0: want that to happen. We want to keep that, that clause in there because it stops bad actors from being bad actors. But if there happen to be criminals who are Congress people, the only way we have to handle that is with more democracy, right? We have to vote them out. Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, You know, with that, particularly with the Mo Brooks example that I was telling you, where the Department of Justice said, no, that's not part of your job as a member of Congress, and it's not protected by the speech or debate clause, or for the courts to tell Lindsey Graham that your phone calls to Brad Raffensperger are not part of your job, you must testify to the Fulton County Grand Jury. We have seen the courts and the Department of Justice draw a very distinct line between what is considered congressional part of your job and and what is not so i'm i have a i have a little bit of faith that if they decide not to pursue these members of congress that it's for something other than the speech or debate clause. Do you know what I mean? Right.
0: Yeah. No, I do know what you mean. And I think ultimately it's, it's people like us who it's our job to make people understand that. So they're engaged with that. So they understand what's happening. So they don't just think, well, nothing ever happens. And everyone's about, these people are all about the law. I think we need to kind of keep explaining that. And I think we also have to keep explaining our case for democracy. We have to keep explaining our case for fairness. And I think we have to be really single-minded in that messaging. I mean, we definitely don't control the medium, um, because, Despite what we hear about the liberal media, most radio and television and newspapers are owned by billionaires and libertarians and right-wing zealots. And now our most democratic public square, Twitter, which you and I both use extensively, um, has been inundated with right-wing trolls. And that's making it much harder for us to talk to each other because we're busy kind of fending off the chaos. And you recently wrote um, that you're convinced Musk is feeding right-wing tweets To Democrats and left-wing tweets to the right to kind of make us fight and see what happens. And we lose the message there.
1: Yeah, well, rage sells, right? We know from Facebook investigations that an anger emoji was given seven times the weight of a like or love emoji when selling ads. So if he can turn everybody loose into each other's feeds and get us mad at each other and build that rage, he can bring advertisers back because it can, it will increase engagement. So I just want to, please tell everyone on Twitter: if you're seeing these right wing trolls, mute them. Don't engage. That is Musk's plan, or the Saudis' plan. Let's let's face it: they bought a big chunk of of his debt. That's the plan, is to get you to engage, to get you to be mad so they can sell stuff to you. You are the product. You have always been the product. If you don't engage, if you engage with the people you love, turn on notifications for the people you love, for good information, for correct information. I think that is the single best way we can prevent the town square of Twitter from being turned into just a a, a dollar machine for a billionaire.
0: Right. I mean, they talk about forcing us outside of our echo chambers, but If you're no longer, as you pointed out, getting the curated feed that you spent years creating, right? And I personally find it exhausting to spend all my time sifting through a bunch of garbage or blocking hundreds of accounts. I'm like, who are you? And then I go to the account. I'm like, oh, you have 11 followers and you opened your account, you know, three weeks ago and your name is Magadaddy, you know, like, okay, like block, you know, but it's exhausting and it's broken. And I think it's broken by design because he's trying to fix it in a different way.
1: Yeah. And I mean, echo chambers, like there's nobody tweeting me about tax policy differences or, uh, you know, uh, maybe we should do um, uh, shore up the ACA instead of looking at universal health care arguments. These are Nazis. These are fascist (laughs) disinformation trolls. I don't, that's not siphoning, like siloing myself away from fascists is not creating an echo chamber. If you want to talk to me about tax policy, let's go. I don't see that happening on Twitter from the right wing.
0: No, and I think you're really right that we need to be very clear and strongly condemn and paint the people who are fascist and Nazis as fascists and Nazis, right? Because if we don't, they're ultimately just going to flip the script and paint us with that brush. <laughs> you know we're already communists and socialists and baby killers and all these other things. We're going to end up being fascists soon because they are. And I think we need to be really clear that people understand what the Republicans are doing, what the Republicans are willing to do, what they're willing to abandon, democracy itself to keep who they want on the top, right? And we can't just shame them or point out their hypocrisy because I don't think they care enough about being shamed or about the hypocrisy. We need to convince enough people and we need mm-hmm. to do that in the next two years.
1: Now, I will say as a comedian for 10 years, uh, I was a comedian before I was doing this. Sometimes I, you will see me like clap back at Kevin Sorbo because it's hilarious. <laughs> um, and, and I will ratio that person. Uh, so I just want to make sure, you know, that I, I'm practicing what I preach. But I sometimes will make very pointed Clapbacks at certain people because they're just so easy. And I do apologize for not walking the walk on that, but I can't help it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pleased to be paired with Thrive Cosmetics. Thrive Cosmetics is an incredible beauty and skincare line made with clean, skin-loving ingredients with no parabens, sulfates, or phthalates. Thrive is 100% vegan and cruelty-free, so you know that no animals were harmed in the making of it but they also put the word cause in their name for a reason. Because every purchase you make supports organizations that help communities thrive. These are fantastic products. I talk about their liquid lash extension mascara all the time, but I have to because it's that good. It's literally my go-to mascara. And that's saying something because I'm a blonde eyelash gal who requires mascara to not appear eyeless. So I take it very seriously. The Liquid Lash Extension Mascara mimics the look of lash extensions without damaging your lashes. It supports longer, stronger, healthier lashes over time and cleans like a dream. No clumping, no smudging, no flaking, no raccoon eyes. And you don't need soap, let alone makeup remover to get it off. I'm telling you, it's the ultimate stocking stuffer. Perfect little treat or add-on gift. You could also bundle it together with the Brilliant Eye Brightener or Hydrating Lip Tint or Waterproof Eyeliner. There's literally no shortage of amazing products at Thrive Cosmetics. And with their Bigger Than Beauty mission, for every product purchased, Thrive donates to one of their over 300 giving partners across the country. So celebrate the season of giving and try Thrive Cosmetics today. Right now, you can get up to 45% off their best-selling products when you purchase select gift holiday sets by visiting thrivecosmetics.com politicsgirl. That's Thrive Cosmetics, spelled C-A-U-S-E, M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com politicsgirl to start shopping for holiday sets. I'm telling you, this is a great company. These are fantastic products. Buy it for yourself or for someone on your list and know that you're helping out other people in the process. I mean, isn't that the spirit of the season after all? Finally, just like last week, how could I possibly lead into the holidays without talking about a gift website? Have you left your shopping to the last minute? Do you not know what to get? Do you want to give a present to someone that says, I thought of you, specifically of you? then you wanna be shopping at Uncommon Goods. Everyone in my family is getting something from Uncommon Goods, and that's not because they give me a discount, because they don't. It's because their website is amazing. Uncommon Goods has incredible original gifts that you can search by recipient, by age, by relationship, or just type in things you know the person likes, like crystals or gardening. Uncommon Goods has unique, creative gifts, often handmade by independent artists and craftsmen, right here in the USA. One year we got the most amazing puzzle of our own neighborhood and house. One year I gave my in-laws a personalized tray with their name on it. I can't tell you what I bought this year without giving it away, but I'll definitely let you know how it went over at the end of the holidays. I'm telling you, you can get lost down a rabbit hole at Uncommon Goods because there's so many cool gifts. And if you don't have the time to send anything, Uncommon Goods has something called Uncommon Experiences, which includes everything from tarot card readings to mixology classes. And in the spirit of the season, with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give a dollar to a nonprofit of your choice. So far, they've already donated more than two and a half million dollars. So go to uncommongoods.com/politicsgirl to get 15% off your next gift. That's uncommongoods.com/politicsgirl for 15% off. Don't miss out on this incredible website, and don't miss out on people thinking you're incredible for getting such a thoughtful gift. Uncommon Goods, as they say, we're all out of the ordinary. I mean, ultimately, it's about messaging. I, I, I would love to talk about Democratic-Republican messaging, right? I mean, you were pointing out earlier, you know, that reasonable people like us are still out here constantly pushing back on these claims about Hunter Biden four years later. And there's literally thousands of actual scandals that are on the Republican side that no one's talking about. And, you know, you wrote recently on Twitter, you know what's not on Hunter Biden's laptop? stolen classified documents right like we need to be really serious about what's going on and we need to keep hitting that message
1: of course there were a plenty of right-wing trolls who replied are you sure
0: i'm like yes i am i am pretty sure
1: show me show me <laughs> homie like i bring it bring your evidence but you know but again that's that engagement that's what elon is trying to throw us into are just arguments with absolute brick walls that aren't going to go anywhere that are going to create the illusion of interactions on Twitter so that he can sell ads. We could bring his advertisers back in. That's it. Don't give him the money. I'm going to work really hard to do this myself. It's very hard. they they come right at your emotions. They drag, like they drag you down to their level. It's very difficult. And I am very guilty of this. And I'm doing my best to stop because I know that it's just feeding Elon Musk's goal. That's what he wants. He wants to see us fight. And yeah. I, I don't want to give him that affection. Yeah,
0: I can see that. I mean, ultimately, you were pushed out of your job for talking about just the facts around the Mueller report, right? Like, they just want the facts to go away and the fight and the drama to continue. And then ultimately, when you were pushed out of your job, you ended up with a bigger megaphone, which I think is amazing. How do you think we start making inroads into convincing people that they're messiah, in this case, Trump, but it could be anyone because they could replace Trump and that the mega machine would still be there at this point. But how do you think we like, I don't know, make inroads into this this world where the person that they love, it really is this epic criminal con man. Do you think that ultimately it will be because of something like what Jack Smith does? Or do you think, because I think it's going to be criminal repercussions that eventually sort of slow this role.
1: Well, it's also going to be Fox News. Rupert Murdoch is now full anti-Trump, pro DeSantis. Yeah.
0: Yes, but it's what, the what? same. It's the same movement. It's yeah, the same the, sort of proto-fascist movement, no matter who's at the top.
1: So to make inroads into the the folks who might leave Trump to support DeSantis, right? The, I think the number one thing we could do, and I, I talked about this in, during the election cycle too, is we start with our families and our friends. Yeah. If there's anybody that you know personally that is a, a Trump slash Desantis MAGA whatever supporter, just talk to them. And I think the place to start, at least as as women, uh, but I mean anyone can start at this point, is to talk about bodily autonomy and talk about our freedoms. Um, when I had a discussion with a, a relative who was a, a Trump supporter, I said, "Please, you you have to understand, I'm no longer a full citizen of this country." Because of that ideology, I can't make my own decisions over over my own body. Uh, Please, just please, could you do this for me, just for me, Uh, and if if nothing else? And we can debate tax policy later. Like, we can talk about small government later. By the way, they're not about small government. No,
0: once you're banning books and telling teachers what to say and changing students and saying, don't say gay, that's not small government. That is big, big autocratic government. And I think ultimately, somebody said to me recently, because I talk about bodily autonomy all the time too, and I think it makes a difference to people. I think it means something. But somebody said, we actually shouldn't even be calling it bodily autonomy because it sounds too cerebral. We should be saying government-mandated pregnancy (laughs) because everyone hates a government mandate and everyone hates being forced to do anything, and it goes back to freedom. You know, you were saying we need to reclaim patriotism, right? I think we also need to reclaim freedom, you know, The Democrats really are the party of marry who you love, be who you want to be, have autonomy over your own body. And we're the party of freedom, right? Like, you're not free if you're afraid you go to a restaurant or a movie theater or somewhere and you'll get shot. You're not free if you're scared every day your kids go to school, they might end up dead. That's not freedom. And I think we need to push that really hard. I agree 100%. I
1: actually was thinking about your video where you covered that. Like, that is not freedom. Um, I was thinking about a friend, uh, something a friend of mine posted about Texas. Where uh, you know you you can't buy liquor on Sunday in, in Texas, and in, like we could buy it here on Sunday at Walmart in California. Like, don't tell me about your freedoms. You you can't you can't get access to Medicare and Medicaid. You don't have medicinal marijuana. Your governor took that Medicaid expansion off the table for you. It's you don't. It doesn't exist in your state. You don't your your minimum wage is awful. Like, how are you free? I just don't understand that. We do need to talk about that more. And I love that video you put out about it.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's I just think it's really interesting because I think that the Republicans have have dined out on so long for being the party of life and the party of freedom. And I think we could hit back on that really hard. And I think our message is better, quite frankly. And But Mm -hmm. when I was talking about like. Does the court system, will it be a Jack Smith? Will it be the actual legal system that starts to take the wind out of the sails of this fascist movement? I think about what just recently happened in Germany, right? Like they arrested 25 people who were planning to storm the German capital arrest lawmakers, execute the German chancellor, put a prince who is descended from German nobility back as head of state, you know, this kind of thing. I mean, this was a huge big deal. And they did this before they had their coup, before they had their sedition. Same thing in uh, Peru. I think they just had a thing in Peru where they were trying to have an uprising and take over the government. And they they arrested those people and shut that down, too. And maybe we Mm -hmm. could learn a little something from the Germans or even the Peruvians about how to handle sedition other than allowing them to remain in Congress and make our laws and fundraise off their crimes.
1: Yeah. And and, and I agree with you in that w- w- the way that I see it is, is legal accountability has to happen. But as Maddo said recently after her she did her podcast Ultra, there is no single silver bullet. There's right. no single silver bullet. We can't rely. No one person will save us. If we thought only one person could save us, that's a dictatorship. Uh, That's what Trump ran on. And I am the one who can fix it. I am the one. She says there's no silver bullet. It takes the courts. It takes us electing Raphael Warnock to put more judges on the bench. It takes us voting. It takes the uh, DOJ criminal accountability. It takes civil suit accountability, like New York Attorney General Tish James, who's about to just completely shut down the Trump organization after it was found guilty on 17 counts. Um, It's... All cylinders firing in a democracy. Right. Well, what, the thing that saved us, there was not one single thing that saved us on January sixth. It was a combination of, a, of of twenty different things and institutions, uh, and our, our brave friends in the Metropolitan Police Department and Capitol Police, um, our uh, National Guard that eventually got there, our uh, the the Congress itself being willing to go back in and finish the count. Uh, the people of the United States not s- taking it sitting down. The Department of Justice arresting so far almost a thousand people. Uh, it it's uh, the the courts sixty three election lawsuit losses on the, on the side of the right wing. Um, the lawyers that helped argue those uh, folks like Mark Elias. The the democracy democracy has to be firing on all cylinders, and if we don't vote. We take a huge chunk. We take democracy out at the knees by not showing up at the polls. So we are a big part of it, too.
0: Yeah, we really are. And I think that's a good thing to remember. There will be no one single book. And having started your podcast career with the Mueller Report, I mean, I think a lot of people put a lot of stock into Mueller. It's Mueller time. Mueller's going to save us. He's going to save us. White night here. And I think we have to realize that we live in a democracy. It's a country by the people, for the people. And it's the people and all the elements of this country that have to rise up together to defeat that which will come against us, which I think is what Lincoln was talking about. If we're defeated, it will not be from the outside. It will be from the inside, you know. And I think if also if we're going to succeed, it will also be from the inside. You know, I I think that that's a great, a great thing for us all to remember. I want, we'll just have to wait and see from your podcast to find out what happens legally. But I want to thank you so much for joining me today, A.G. I mean, you are a true patriot, and you are right at the front lines of the information warfare war that we're still in. Um, but you believe that truth still matters, and understanding is the first step to change. And I couldn't agree with you anymore. I hope you'll come back and join us again in the future, and we can chit-chat about stuff and do a little roundup of where we are. But until then, I hope people will listen to the Daily Beans and Jack and, uh, and keep informed so that they can keep their people informed. Thanks, A.G.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you do. It's truly, truly incredible. It's so very important. And like I said a million times during the Mueller investigation, we are the Mullers we've been waiting for. We are the Jack Smiths we've been waiting for. These are not single savior people. And I appreciate all of, all that you do uh, every day. I know you work so hard at it. And, and it's because you love America and you love democracy. So thank you.
0: Thank you. Mwah! Happy holidays. So that was Dr. Allison Gill, American patriot and the smartest of smarty pants, reminding us to reclaim our patriotism from those who have stolen it from us. And while the Democrats might be an incredibly diverse party, we really are the party of freedom and democracy, and it's about time we owned it and owned it at full volume. As we go into this new year with new investigations and a new Congress, we need to remember there is no one silver bullet to fix what's broken. We need to attack what ails us from all sides on all cylinders. We are our own cavalry, and it's up to us to save ourselves. I want to thank Allison for joining us today and you for caring enough about democracy to be here. Now go out and make the world a better place. Until next week, PG out. The Politics Girl podcast is written and performed by me, Lee McGowan, in partnership with the Midas Media Network and produced and edited by Happy Warrior Entertainment. All rights reserved.